Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me on this Sunday as I record. And uh, Ole Miss got some more good transfer portal news. We've also got basketball to talk about that. Wasn't uh, particularly good. Uh, So a lot to get to today on this edition. There's a couple of visitors also expected to be in Oxford soon. The weather kind of playing uh, an unfortunate role in that situation. We'll get to that as well. But I'm glad you guys are here. Please subscribe if you have not already to this podcast. Wherever you get them, just search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review. If you're listening on the website, that is where you can have it on your phone. Also, follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. There will be a live stream Sunday night, so later on tonight, uh, join me there. If you don't, that's okay. It'll be put right here in this feed for you tomorrow morning. So, I'm not going to waste any more time. Trey Amos has committed to Ole Miss. That happened uh, just a couple of days ago now. It was actually on uh, on Friday is, uh, is when this happened. And that's a uh, that's a big deal. That is a really, really, really big deal for Ole Miss for a, a couple of reasons. The first uh, is is quite obvious. He's a huge pickup because although he didn't start for Alabama last season, he was a quality, quality defensive player when he did uh, play for Alabama. There's there's highlight videos of him uh, in the SEC championship against Georgia in particular. That uh, that really stand out, but uh, I know a lot of people are passing around like the pro football focus grades anymore. I've got a group message that is talking about them, literally as I record this. And um, he's he's a special player. He would have started for Alabama this year. So even though he didn't last year, he would have started for Alabama this year. At least that's what everybody uh, around that program says uh, about him. And he is on the board for Ole Miss. So. Just like what we talked about with the Michigan transfer, you lose to Cameron Richardson, who would have been a really, really quality player, and in comes a physical freak, uh, lacking the experience with the Michigan transfer. Uh, this one also doesn't have the same experience as a starter as Richardson, but uh, when he plays, he is proven and has proven it against the best teams in college football and was in line to be a starter at Alabama this year before he hit the transfer portal in Nick Saban's departure. And that is something that uh, is so interesting to me. That, yes, I I understand that Nick Saban left, and and Nick Saban is the reason why a lot of these guys ended up going to Alabama. But still, think about this. Just a big picture thing. A starting defensive back would rather play for Ole Miss than Alabama. That is what happened here with Trey Amos. Now think about that for a second. A starting defensive back for Alabama would rather play at Ole Miss than than Alabama. If that is not, and again, I know Saban left, which makes this, if Nick Saban were to stay, Amos would have not left Alabama. At least it doesn't appear to be the case. And I'm not saying that Ole Miss is not 
becoming a, a very attractive place for players to want to play. Obviously, it is. And obviously, Pete Golding is a guy that players want to play for, despite when he was hired, what people at Alabama told you or tried to tell you. He's a guy that people want to play for very clearly. But just think about that statement for a second. That just really highlights two things, how the era has changed dramatically and how Ole Miss has seized the opportunity in this era. There are programs all over the country. Uh, I mean, over 100 college football teams would kill to have Trey Amos on them, and he chose to go uh, to Ole Miss. Ole Miss is poaching players from Alabama. This new era is wild. And and again, Ole Miss is seizing uh, that opportunity. So a really, really, really big pickup um, in a position of need. Uh, the the efforts to get, go to Tuscaloosa for, for Kiffin and Golding are obviously... Uh, have obviously paid off uh, with this commitment. It's huge. It, uh, it it further highlights that Ole Miss is moving up a tier when it comes to just like the pecking order in college football. They are an attractive place for players to play. Former Alabama players are going to Texas and Florida State and Georgia and Ohio State and Ole Miss. It uh, It is certainly impactful. It is certainly meaningful. So, uh, that's a huge pickup. They needed it. It sounded like they were going to get it last time uh, that, that we spoke, but they have uh, secured that now. And Ole Miss has absolutely done an excellent job of replacing the absence of DeCamry and Richardson with two quality, quality portal pickups. And that's just a theme uh, for this coaching staff and, and Lane Kiffin and Pete Golding, the collective as well, throw them in there. This is what they've been able to do, though. Even though they've suffered... Some some losses with their portal class. Again, they had three guys uh, go from Illinois and two from Tennessee to Ole Miss and then flip at the last second to go to Louisville. And the timing of those flips were terrible for Ole Miss, if you think about it. Uh, the, at the end of the enrollment period for most places, a lot of classes have already started most places, not many available quality players in the portal at the moment. And yet they've been able to to supplement the, the loss of Richardson, although he didn't go to Louisville, but you get my point. They've been able to supplement the losses with, with Banks and now Amos. It's, it's really impressive. And now uh, it, it seems like they are not done. Apparently the weather might, uh, might be a factor in the ability for these players to take their visits, but uh, it's being reported by uh, by on three that BJ Green, uh, the Washington transfer, so he was... Um, excuse, well, he's the Arizona State transfer. He committed to Washington, but since Washington obviously lost their coach, um, he is uh, available still in the transfer portal. Uh, he was, as I understand it, supposed to visit this week. If that does happen, I know the weather and, and all that has uh, kind of screwed uh, with, with the timing of some of these things, but he is expected uh, as of this weekend to visit Ole Miss this week. If he shows up, that is massive. He is as productive as Tyler Barron, if not more productive uh, than Tyler Barron. Now, he didn't do it in the SEC the way Barron did, but he still is a guy that played in a Power 5 conference. And by the way, the Pac-12 was good last year. It was really, really good last year. But he had 11.5 tackles for loss and six sacks at Arizona State. So if they're able to pull this off, and we'll see if they can, if he shows up to campus, that's a really, really, really good sign. Um it's it's a one for one. It's replacing one guy with the same guy. 
which would just be another uh, impressive uh, poll considering what they've already done with Amos and Yam Banks. And then they're, they're after it again with an offensive lineman, with, uh, with Nate Kalepo, who is a Washington transfer. Now, on three, the, the on three transfer portal account calls him an offensive tackle. Um, he's not an offensive tackle. He's a guard. He played guard uh, at Washington. He started all 15 games for Washington this year at guard, not tackle, uh, despite what they say. And that is somebody who, who visited Miami this weekend. If he leaves Miami without being committed and, and shows up to campus at Ole Miss, that is massive. Because a lot of times, as you guys know already, a lot of times when uh, players, you know, these portal players, they'll visit one school and like what they hear and go ahead and commit. I mean, the, the, the multiple visits doesn't really happen uh, all that much in, in portal recruiting. Now, it does happen, of course, but um, not as much as it does in high school recruiting for sure. So if he leaves Miami and finds his way to Oxford despite the weather, which he is supposed to be visiting Ole Miss um, – as early as tomorrow, maybe Tuesday, uh, if he shows up, that that's a big, big deal because that is a position of desperate need. There are a lot of people talking about how Ole Miss hasn't added enough at tackle. It's going to be a hard sell for them because because think about it from this perspective. So they they have Micah Pettis coming back, who is a he's a starter. At offensive tackle, he is a starter. He was playing at a high level towards the end of last year before he got hurt, and him getting hurt clearly changed things on the offensive line. But he was playing really well. If they can get that out of him for twelve games instead of a handful at the end of a year, then you've really got a quality player at right tackle. They've already added a starter at left tackle. He started at North Carolina uh, Pounds is who I'm talking about, and he came to Ole Miss to start. So if you are recruiting other tackles, you've got those two. So you've got Pettis returning. You've got Pounds. Williams has still not hit the portal. He's a guy that has started games for Ole Miss. If he doesn't hit the portal, there's another tackle with experience, starting experience on that team there. It's a tough sell to get somebody in the portal to come to that situation knowing that there's a great chance that they don't start. And these portal guys sometimes only have one or or two years left, and so... I mean, how many quality offensive tackles are going to look at the situation at Ole Miss and say, you know what, I'm going there. There's a real chance that I don't start because they already have a couple of starters. They've already got a a swing guy that has started games there as well. I'm going to use my final year or last two years of eligibility going there where I might not even play that much because they don't rotate on the offensive line that well. So tackle is going to be a tough sell for them moving forward. Maybe they're able to add one with a lot of years of eligibility, but guard is more important for them to add anyway. Tackle's not all that important. They've already got they've got three quality ones now. The interior is what they needed. I know they added the, the Southern Miss transfer, and he's an important addition. He's played in almost 40 games at the Division I level, an experienced guy that can certainly help you. But this one is one they need. Again, a 15-game starter this past year for Washington. Uh, a quality and experienced plug-and-play starting guard. They've got film on him playing the best teams in college football. And uh, that 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 is far more important uh, for them to add than any tackle that has gone to Tennessee or, or whatever. So if they can get these two guys to campus, uh, one, 
B.J. Green just replacing the loss in Barron, and you would feel incredibly good about your defensive line and the rotation. The two deep would be great, especially when you add him. But they need this Washington transfer on the offensive line. Again, the on-three portal thing says he's a, a tackle. He's not. He's a guard. And uh, and they need they need that. So if they get those dudes to campus, if the weather cooperates enough to where, can, where they can get them to campus and lock them down, that would be massive. Absolutely massive for uh, for Ole Miss. So uh, we'll talk about basketball after I tell you the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. If your Mississippi business is in the market for office technology, uh, anything uh, in the office, copiers and printers, mail machines, all the way down to cloud storage and data security, phone systems, whatever it is. If it's tech, if it's in the office and your Mississippi business needs it, check them out absms.com. Tell them I sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. That's Advantage Business Systems, absms.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They've got 16 locations here in Mississippi, so there's very likely going to be one in your backyard. Uh, And they make you their priority with their online banking platform. It's a one-stop shop. All you need is an internet connection, and you can do everything you want to do with your money. You don't need multiple apps to manage your money because Priority One Bank makes you their priority bank with me at Priority One Bank. So basketball did not at all go well for Ole Miss. Um, Auburn 82, Ole Miss 59, and and frankly, that score... um, looks closer than the game actually was. Ole Miss was was dominated uh, in this game, absolutely dominated in this game. Um, the, the thing that most people uh, are talking about, frankly, out of this one is the fact that they had, uh, during one of the game breaks, they, they rolled Derek Nix out there to welcome him to Auburn. And uh, there was a picture floating around on Twitter that Auburn football put out there. And, and more Ole Miss fans that I know are, are talking about that than the actual basketball game, which it, I understand why you do that, by the way. You, you welcome new football coaches. You give them a, a packed arena and, and all that. I don't mind pettiness. I mean, I'm a New Orleans sports fan, even though I'm not from New Orleans. You guys know the background of how I adopted them, um, if you listen every day anyway. But th- they do petty. New Orleans does petty. And I kind of I appreciate that. I got a bit of a chuckle out of... Uh, putting Derek Nix on the court during the Ole Miss game. I I get it. It's petty, and and I get it. Lane Kiffin was petty with the statement. It's fine. None of that bothers me. I couldn't care less. But I do find it really, really funny that for some reason, Auburn is looking at, like, their their fans, obviously, but whatever, what their fans think. But even Auburn media is is talking about Derek Nix as it's some kind of, like, big own of Lane Kiffin when they hired to be their offensive coordinator a career assistant that has never called plays before. They had to give a gigantic raise and a sole OC title to somebody that's never had it to hire him because the coach has absolutely no connections and and nobody wants to work for him outside of the people that know him. They had to give a gigantic promotion and a huge raise to somebody that's never done the job before just to get an offensive coordinator at Auburn. And they're talking about it as if it's some kind of own against Lane Kiffin. It is so weird. I mean, it's just completely blinding yourself to the reality of what that hire actually tells you about Hugh Freeze. 
I mean, it tells you it tells you everything about Hugh and really nothing about Kiffin or Ole Miss. You again, a massive promotion, a massive raise in play calling duties for a sole OC that he's never had before, and you're acting like that's a win. What Auburn people should be thinking is, why is Hugh Freeze only able to hire a guy that's never done it before as an offensive coordinator? Why is that where he's settling on? It should be the question they're asking. Instead, they're thinking it's some kind of like own, and it's not. It's just another example of the the exact same thing that happened at Ole Miss unfolding in Auburn, and, and some people just refuse to be able to see that. But, you know, I mean, they, they haven't won much in football lately, so maybe they're just looking for a win uh, any way they can get it. It's just very bizarre how they're pretending like that's nothing more than just Q Freeze not having connections in the coaching industry and having to um, do something that other coaches in the SEC wouldn't have to do to get an offensive coordinator. Anyway, uh, Auburn beat the brakes off of Ole Miss. Ole Miss was really sloppy. Uh, they were. It looked like they were pressing. So they, they made a lot of mistakes with the basketball. They turned it over 17 times in the game, which that number seems low, honestly. Um, they, they were sloppy. They got uh, they, they, they got themselves into a hole because of it. It looked like they pressed. Um, I, I hate to say it this way because it's hard to quantify, but it looked like they were not ready for that, um, which is disappointing to see when you consider the, the, the volume of veterans on that team. Now, it's first year in Chris Beard's system. Uh, I understand that, and... Um, you know, it's it's definitely not the most talented team that, that he's ever put on the court. And as long as he stays at Ole Miss, it will be the least talented team he's ever put on the court. But Morell and Brakefield and Flanagan and these guys, they've played a lot of basketball. And it looked like they were completely shell-shocked by the environment uh, at Auburn. Now, it also helps that Auburn's team is elite, like like elite-level basketball team, like a championship-caliber team. So that, plus the atmosphere, can really make you look... Uh, like you weren't ready for that, but they they weren't ready for that. the uh, The environment and the team overwhelmed them, and uh, and they really got smoked. A couple of takeaways. There's not much you can really take away from this game uh, because they got beat so badly. But um, Jalen Murray needs to shoot the basketball more. I, I would almost say that he needs to be a little bit more selfish. He, he's constantly looking. Uh, to distribute the basketball, which is a, a great mentality to have as a point guard. Uh, so so that's, that's a good thing. But he only got up six shots and he made three of them. He was two of five from three. He needs to shoot the basketball more. When, when Flanagan and Brakefield, but specifically Flanagan, are shooting more than Murray and Morrell, I think you've got a problem. But Murray needs to take a lot more shots. He needs to be uh, a lot more selfish, frankly. Because him taking six shots to Flanagan's ten, for example, is a is a problem. It looked like Flanagan was pressing. What was like? I'm sure it was a really emotional night for him. I mean, a building that he's played a ton of really good basketball and won a lot of games there. And they're booing him on every touch, which I get it. But they're they're booing him at every touch. It looked like he was pressing a little bit. But um, he's not an isolation player. He's not good enough off the dribble. And frankly, neither is uh, Breakfield, and and they've got to get out of that. It's when they would move the basketball within the confines of the offense, they were able to get some pretty decent looks. But when you're running isolation with guys that that that, that don't 
do that well, it's a recipe kind of for a disaster. He was 3 of 10 from the field, um, had three turnovers as well. So not a particularly good night for him. Not a good night for Brakefield either. He was 3 of 10 also from the field. But Murray needs to shoot the basketball more. Um, and so does uh, Matthew Morrell. They need to create for those two guys. Eight shots for Morrell and six shots for Murray. He's just not going to cut it. They, they need to shoot the basketball more. But um, Auburn's elite. It, it, it's just what it is. Auburn is an elite-level basketball team. Uh, they shot better than Ole Miss. Uh, they were more physical than Ole Miss. They hustled better than Ole Miss. It was just one of those nights where they just lined up and got uh, they got smoked. And you know, it's uh, they're not the first team that's going to lose at Auburn Arena like that. They're certainly not the last team that's going to lose like that there either. Uh, they just got to flush it because now on Wednesday they've got if they're going to make the tournament, they got to win on uh, on Wednesday uh, against Arkansas. It's a Arkansas team that has really really struggled. Ole Miss has been really good at home. Uh, hopefully the weather doesn't keep people away, and hopefully this blowout doesn't keep people away because this team, um, they're still in position to make the tournament. They've got the two most difficult games, uh, possibly in the SEC. I mean, they've got them behind them uh, with at Tennessee and at Auburn. So the, the schedule just by default is going to get easier from here. But, I mean, it's a winnable game on Wednesday, and if they win it, they're back on track to make the tournament. So hopefully uh, for, for them, the, the crowd is good because that's what they deserve. And, um, and hopefully they can continue that uh, really quality play at home because they, uh, they need it. It's as, I mean, it's, I know it's only the sixth game in conference play, but it is a must-win for Ole Miss against this Arkansas team on Wednesday night. We'll see if they can bounce back and recover because, uh, again, Auburn is just... uh, an elite team. So that's going to happen. Anyway, we'll see you on the live stream tonight. If not, I'll post that right here for you guys tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you again on the next one. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.